0: All right, welcome to Season 2, Episode 5. Today we are going to be interviewing um, Coach uh, Corella, who is the strength and conditioning uh, coach, football strength and conditioning coach at Georgia Tech. So this day in history, uh, July 9th of 1877, the very first Wimbledon tennis tournament began. What year? 1877.
1: They had tennis back then?
0: I did. That's a long time. It's a long. That was the very first Wimbledon tournament ever. That was the major. That was the most popular thing that I could find that happened on this day in history. Wonder how many people showed up. Probably not very many. I don't know. Actually, it might have been a lot though, with being the first one. I don't know. It's a good question. I mean,
1: I'm not going to say what I was about to say. <laughs> All right. Well, we got that going. What else we got?
0: Okay, and then we got two birthdays we want to go over. We got Tom Hanks. He is 64 years young. And O.J. Simpson is 72.
1: 72. That's pretty so, old. It's pretty old. I'm not saying anyone out there is old. I'm just saying it's it's old.
0: Yep. Yeah. So those are our famous birthdays for today. The glove fits for both of those days. We googled uh-huh. it. But <laughs> um yeah. yeah, I had to throw that in there. Had to throw that in
1: there. All right. Word of the day, actually, it's going to be words of the day because I Ooh. could not decide between the two. One of the words of the day is preparation. Okay, If you do not, wait, what was it? If you prepare. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. There we go. Coach Kelly said it right for there me. So, um, Be prepared always. I mean, if, if you're nervous, normally that just means that you prepared really well. And um, over-preparing is a lot better than under-preparing. So always prepare. Truth. Another The other P that I had to decide against was perseverance. Um, I think everybody could use more perseverance in their life. Um, perseverance means to push through something that's hard, get over an obstacle. Um, right now, everyone's getting over an obstacle of COVID and trying to figure out how to get over this hump. So just keep persevering, guys. Everyone out there, I know you're doing as best as you can, so just keep after it. Truth. Love it. Love it. And... uh this, uh this this podcast coming up was a good one, guys. I hope y'all enjoy it. hope you learned something, oh yeah, for sure.
0: all right, here is coach Carilla hey coach. How are you? Hey, good. can you hear me? Yes, sir yes, okay. sir hey, uh man, we'll just get started uh, could you just tell maybe our listeners a little bit about yourself and um we'll go from there
2: uh okay. Uh, My name is Lou Corella. I'm the head strength coach at Georgia Tech for the football team. And this is my second season here. Uh, It took a long journey to get to this point. So, you know, I started as an intern at South Florida. And the next summer, I did another internship at Virginia. And that's um, that's where I met Matt Bayless, who was kind of my mentor for a very long time. Mm Mm-hmm that I got hired as his GA at Mississippi State when he got that job. And then after my GA, I, I became an assistant full-time at Georgia Tech 10 years ago. And then went back to Mississippi State as an assistant full-time there. And then I went to Michigan for three years as an assistant. I uh, got my first head job at North Texas okay, their football team. Uh, that was one year and then we all got let go. And then I got a head job at Louisiana Lafayette and that would lasted two years and then we got let go. And then I got a head job at Buffalo. And that year was amazing. And then it led me to this job. So Okay.
1: That's awesome. I okay, I got a quick question. It's not exactly on the list. So what what do you think would just make somebody just let go a whole strength and conditioning team?
2: Uh, it's just when you're tied to football, it's normally how it goes. Like if, if you don't win enough games and that staff has been there a long time, they've pretty much run their course. So they want a whole new, uh, staff with strength coach included.
1: Right. Oh, okay. Okay. I just figured there would be some, I mean, you know, y'all aren't out there calling, calling plays and stuff like that. Y'all are getting everybody, you know, prepped and, and bigger, faster, stronger and, and whatnot. So I just didn't know if you know what that was, what that was like.
2: Yeah, it's just the new coach coming in. He wants basically his culture guy yeah. to uh, be someone that he knows well.
0: Yes, sir. That yeah, that's sense? man. I tell I tell our listeners, I I wanna I wanna give a shout out to you because man, I follow you on Twitter, and he, he put he puts out some uh, very good stuff, Coach. I'll be honest with you, I copy like most of your stuff and send it to my athletes. So <laughs> I hope I hope that's all right. I never really fully asked you, but I'm telling you, I like. I I like, we'll copy your stuff and send it to my athletes. It's good stuff.
2: That's awesome, man. Cause that's the point. Like for people that I've never even met before, but the impact is so large and unknown that there's no secrets when you're trying to help kids. Like that's, they're, they're just more people need to understand that too. There's no secrets.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's, it's good. It's really good stuff. So, um, anyways, but I guess, uh, yeah, we're gonna. So we're gonna go with the next question, Coach Rogers. This is I'm. This is Coach Kitley, by the way, and one And then this is Coach Rogers. He's our. He's kind of our strength coach, and and uh, anyways, but he's gonna ask the next question.
2: Okay.
1: All right. So my question is, uh, why did you decide to get into strength and conditioning? Um. So, I,
2: I played football my whole life, and that's been my number one sport. I, you know, dreamed of playing in the NFL and all that stuff, and. When I realized that wasn't going to happen, you know, after college football, really during college football, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I honestly didn't know until my junior year. And that's when I took a shot at this free internship at South Florida because I'm from Tampa. So I went home for the summer and I'm still playing. I still have my junior year to train for. Mm -hmm. So Ron McKeefrey, who is still my mentor and one of the greatest resources ever in this field. But. He, um, he let me train with the team that summer with the 9 o'clock lift group. And I'll coach the rest of the day. So it was a great experience for me. And it really opened my eyes to what was possible in even having a career, being a coach in the strength and conditioning world. So then that next summer, going into my senior year, I did another internship at Virginia, like I said. But that, that, that one really, like working under Matt Bayless really – opened my eyes to everything. I couldn't stop writing notes of how in awe I was every day. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: he's kind of the guy that really inspired me to really be who I am today.
1: Okay. it's awesome.
2: And and I'll add to one more thing. Like, I've always loved football, but I, I've realized that I love the work that goes into football so much more. Like, the stuff that uh, you never see before kickoff is the stuff that I love the most.
0: Right, So. Yeah. Like, so the process that goes behind it. Yeah. The, the internal
2: stuff that no one knows about It's that's right. the most powerful stuff.
0: That's awesome. I think,
1: I think it was, uh, it was my, my freshman year in college. I was, I really enjoyed getting up at five thirty and and lifting way more than I ever did practice. But I mean, even in high school, I was a gym rat and I was constantly lifting and, and our coaches would be like, Hey, you need to run some. I'm like, I don't want to run that much coach. I just want to lift. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it helped to an extent. Sometimes I wish I would have went back and ran a little bit more, but, uh, shoot, I was just chasing numbers at the time. So.
0: Yeah. So I'd like to ask a question for our listeners. Cause I feel like this is even maybe more relevant today. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but how do you, uh, build, I guess, mental toughness in athletes. I, I feel like I feel like it's probably more prevalent today than ever. And so uh, just with the different things that are going on. So how do you, how do you how do you do that in athletes?
2: Um, I think one thing that most people leave out is the belief factor that comes with that. So, mm-hmm. like, I think if you as a coach really live out being the message to these kids. Right. I think that helps a lot for them to see a leader in a position telling them what to do right. well who are they following you know that's a question they're probably asking themselves a lot so as a player I've always said you know I, I respected the coaches the most that could get in there and do it with us Right. you know like if you could hold your own too and if you're not just talking right so that's the coach I try to be to these kids and I try to be very mentally tough myself you know yep. I, I do every workout ever that the kids have done here okay. before they do it because of the great insight it gives me as a coach to be tough for them when they need to train to be tough. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, by that, it, it just helps me so much to bring it out of them because I know when they're about to hit the wall, Right. I know when the guys are going to start crashing and that's when the coaching comes in. You don't need a coach really early on. You, you have to, you have to dig in the moment, that you know is coming, yeah. And it's it's hard when you don't experience it yourself.
0: Very true. Yes, sir. Well, it seems like I mean, and I can see on some of the stuff you post how, I mean, you you know, I, I, I always bring the juice. I mean, you like I said, it seems like you bring it, and the, and those guys feed off of it. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's funny. Like uh, I always used to think, um, I listen to people's uh, comments a lot, like. Oh, he's just a rah-rah guy or whatever. I'm not. Right. I'm not a rah-rah guy, right? Right. I hear that a lot. No, right. no. So my opinion is, you know, you're just not very excited for what you do. Right. Like that point blank, because mm-hmm. I'm. I'm not a rah-rah guy. I'm. I'm excited for our players to do well. Yeah. And I'm excited for their dream that's in front of them that I have to constantly remind them about. So, you think having a scholarship might uh, excite you every day walking in here? Well, mm-hmm. it doesn't. it's it's not enough so if you're not if you don't have a fire in your heart good luck having a fire in any other heart that's around you that's right so i just think that all those guys that claim that they're not a rah-rah guy uh, well no i just feel like you don't love what you do
1: yeah. Hey, Amen. I, I feel like the people that that get on to other people for not being, like you said, a rah rah guy. I've heard them be called cheerleaders. I've heard them be called a bunch of other stuff. They just, I mean, I feel bad for them because you just know right then and there. Okay, you don't have you don't have as much passion as you should for what you're doing.
2: Right. And I and don't get me wrong. I do think there are clowns. Like I think there are clowns out there. But I think there's a difference when. You see, you see game day a lot, right, on ESPN, mm-hmm, and they make a big deal of all these strength coaches doing like all this crazy stuff. Well, <laughs> that's that's not me. I, like, if players make plays, I'm going nuts, and I'm going really nuts because oh, yes, I'm just excited man. for the process that we just went through right. to make sure that they're succeeding, and it, it fuels me to see them do well. So, I'm not I'm not going to be this uh, jumping bean the whole fourth quarter holding my fours up, but. <laughs> I'm going to rally the guys up, you know, and do our breakdown and fire them up and hit their shoulder pads and stuff. And let's
0: go. That's right. Well, like you said, that's just, well, like you said, it's not a fake thing. It's just, you love what you do and it comes out. I mean, that's just what it is. So
1: Exactly. All right. So what are some habits of winning on and off the field in the weight room that you, that you just think are must haves?
2: Um. Discipline, number one, I mean, the detail of discipline, like we weigh the guys in every day, you know, just to check if they've been being disciplined outside of the weight room. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like easy determination. Um, Their, their, their effort, you know, not just in the weight room, but everything they're trying to do, Mm -hmm. like their habits are so important outside of the weight room. Right. And it, it's not fair to the strength coach to plan a progressive program when kids have been decreasing their performance habits by not sleeping, by putting stuff in their body they shouldn't be putting in. All, right. All this stuff that you can't account for when you're trying to write a program. So when guys pull up on, you know, on a hamstring injury or something, well, it doesn't say in the book that they didn't drink water for the last 12 hours. <laughs> you know, So right. you just got to be as a coach disciplined and sympathetic towards realizing they're not going to be perfect. So you right. got to be careful. And Thank then I, I just feel like winning outside of the weight room. I've always said like, you know, being a coach beyond the field is probably the most important thing that will ever be remembered. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why you do the interview. It, it's, it's the most meaningful thing that, I've ever done with kids and sitting them down one-on-one and asking them 20 something questions about their life that they've probably never been asked before. Right. And you, and you realize what kids are going through right now and ever. If you just ask, you know, some, sometimes you'll say the simplest question and that answer goes for about five minutes because they've never been able to talk about it with anyone. You know, we live in a, world now where your phone is the is the world Mm -hmm. so what do they know their phone what do they not do because of their phone talk to people so i think the best form of communication is still one-on-one in-person communication
0: oh yeah by far
2: and And that's to me that's winning off the field that's winning in your weight room because you have these kids hearts now that you just poured into and listen to them Mm mm-hmm so I think that's a big missed concept with a lot of coaches right now.
0: Well, and and I think it's good too. Like you said, just it's amazing how many young kids and different people like nowadays almost don't know how to have. They almost it's like they almost don't know how to have a one-on-one conversation because they're just so used to just checking their phones all the time and just being on their phone. And, yep. You know, and and it's I don't know. It's just crazy. But yeah, the uh, man I. I appreciate you sending those I love those interview questions. I'm going to use that with our kids uh this year actually. So Oh, good. Yes, sir. It's actually a new resource to me, but I'm sitting here, he pulled it
1: up. I'm sitting here reading through them. I, I like it. I might have to I might have to utilize that too.
2: Yeah. I think it's I mean, you can change any question you want. You can ask whatever, but they they pretty much tell your story their story in those questions to you. Mhm.
0: So Okay, so I know probably a little different, but is there any advice you'd give out, like maybe programming for the high school level? I mean, that you maybe just, I know, I know it's, yeah, I know you probably can't go like word for it just because off of time and stuff, but just any general advice for programming at the high school level?
2: Just don't sacrifice weight for technique. Okay. You know, like I I know a lot of kids in high school want to say they bench this and want to say they squat that and power clean this, which really means nothing. When they get to the next level so like they if like i even tell our guys today the weight on your squat bar means nothing if your technique is bad right so like if guys can't keep their backs stiff when they when they stand up in a squat i'm not loading them Mm -hmm. you know and i'm not trying to get a number for a coach that wants to see a number right so i think that's huge and I just think like normal bending things like lunging and squatting and ankle mobility and hip mobility, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that is so like underappreciated with just movement patterns. And the more you can work on that stuff, the better athlete they will be too. Right. Um, I will say the the number thing and the size of weight rooms in high school is very dangerous. So the number of athletes that have to get in there and the size of your weight rooms uh-huh. are normally not huge. Yes, sir. So being strategic on not having chaos in your weight room and safety being number one, that's the biggest concern, I think, in high school. And once you've got a good plan of groupings and a good flow of layouts and safety's there, then just safely challenge your kids. You know, they need to be challenged in a safe way. Right. You know, don't be afraid to once they're in your program for a while and you feel like they're in pretty decent shape, you know, push them a little bit. It's, it's OK. You know, people feel like they can't push people anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't I would say don't get stuck to a card. You know, if you don't see something that you like in week one, but you've already wrote weeks one through eight. Well, you're going to have to change your whole program then. Right. That's why that's why I only like writing about a week ahead, because if I see something, I don't have to rewrite the whole book. Right. I just got to rewrite next week. All right. That's
0: good. Yeah, that's a good point. So as far as, uh, because I know a lot of high schools don't really have access to probably the way, the right way a kid should eat, you know, and uh, I know we always tell ours, I just want to make sure this, like, we always afterwards I make them drink chocolate milk and usually we try to give them like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Is that, I mean, just cause, you know, we don't, I don't have, we don't have the access to like, you know, give them, you know, probably exactly what they should, but I mean, is that, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's,
2: that's probably the most I ever had in high school. Yeah, um, sure.
0: But just, just
2: the education piece is probably more important than what you can provide. Right. Like just, you know, if, even if you put like a tip of the day on the board of nutrition, right you know, and and then go over it on your announcements after the lift. Uh You'd be surprised how how much that carries over to some guys and how they start changing slowly on their habits. And You know, just give them a little bit of research on why breakfast is so important and why snacks in between breakfast is huge and just the constant fuel in your body. You know, you're not going to head on Highway 75 in Atlanta with less than a quarter tank. Right. Right. So just just the little analogies like that can always sink through to them. Yes,
1: sir.
0: I think that's a great
1: idea. I've got – and see, I mean, guys tend to eat a lot. But, I mean, I've got girls that will show up to practice at 3 o'clock and say, you know, and they're – we're running or we're doing something, and they're saying, Coach, I'm lightheaded. Well, have you had any water today? No. Have you eaten today? No. Right. Well, are you, why aren't you doing either one of those things? We've been through breakfast. We've been through lunch. There's a water fountain out there. Why I mean why aren't you taking care of yourself?
2: <laughs> yeah, and again, you would think it's common sense, but it, it it's the danger of running in the heat as well. It's almost like you got to survey kids before they walk in.
1: Yeah. I know.
2: You know, hey, did you eat? Did you drink? Hey, are you feeling okay? Like <laughs> like right now we have a survey they have to fill out before they train. And if anything's flagged, they don't come.
1: Okay. That's pretty cool. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I have a I have a question that um, just popped up on the top of my head, and I've been been constantly, I guess, battling with this all year. Um, I wouldn't say battling with it, but I've I've you know done some research on it. Just get your opinion. I'm more of a, a quality over quantity type of guy, but I mean, we don't really have the the time to, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna do sprints, but we got to lift, you know, it, or that's what's there for the day. I mean would you rather I guess my question would be would you think it would be more optimal to sprint before a workout or sprint after a workout
2: Well there so I would sprint before the workout
1: okay well that that's what I've been doing so that's what
2: Yep and if if you want to run after a workout there's research saying like submaximal sprints are good to do after workouts for blood flow and recovery, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's not just, it's not really maximizing their speed or it's just extra conditioning and blood flow, that that kind of thing.
1: Right. See, and I was, I was, i more so think of most of the time, think of my sprints doing whenever we do our sprints. I always like to think of them as an exercise. So, you know, if I've got, you know, five lifts that we've got on the day and I want to sprint, I may cut that down to four. Yep. So, all right. I'll just... I've I've been bugging myself with that question for a while and uh so I just, just had to make sure. Yep. Is it my turn? Your turn. <laughs> That's yours. all right. Um let's see. Do you have any do you have any favorite lifts or maybe like a favorite workout that you, you know, just love love to, to throw in every now and then?
2: Uh you know, like I like being really creative with the team and constantly keeping them guessing of kind of what we're going to do that day. It's not going to change like the lift so much, like typically i just do three day total body lift and two day team run. But right now we have three team runs and three lifts. So, um, I just think, you know, if in a perfect world, when the whole team's back together, I've always done every Friday being a theme lift. You know, it's, it's a theme that it matters in the moment to us or it's coming up this season or something or it's just a, a new original thought that I have that we can make fun and exciting. Uh, but it's constantly uh, changing the direct, just straight-up rack workout and generic stuff that is outside the box and really almost fun and exciting that they most likely talk about all weekend. And we, I mean, to go into it just a little bit, like we, so many theme lifts now, but some of my favorites have been like the, uh, the tap out lift where, you know, you're put up against another guy and you have 14 different events that you have to go against him in. And the only way you win is if he quits, Okay. So, you know, it's simple stuff like, you know, you're watching two guys bench press 135 on the whistle and w- one guy's going to stop, you know, so that's, mental, that, that, that's an event. Which it's mental uh, toughness
0: too. I like that.
2: Right. You know, you can do anything, pull-ups or bar hang or dumbbell hold or wall right. sit or you name it. it if it's measurable and competable, you can have it in there. But, it's the most intense lift you could ever do because they're so uh, nervous that they they're figuring out all the events and they're figuring out what they have to win and (laughs) to win the whole thing. So I I like that the most. And then, um, cause the thing is like, and, and people would shy away from this probably now, but I believe conflict brings you closer. So like on your own team, you have a bunch of different kinds of people on your team and, if you pair up a guy just say you pair up you two against each other, right? And overnight going to bed, you're thinking of how you can possibly beat him and what events you should win in and all this stuff going through your mind. Well, at the end of the lift, guess what you're doing with that guy? You're putting your arm around him. You know what I mean? Right. You two just got a you, you two just got so much closer than you ever were before and you gained a lot of respect for each other. So that, to me, brings teams closer and, and stuff like that. That's invaluable. you, you got to compete to get closer against each other.
0: All right. That's very true. So do you have any uh, – I mean, I'm sure you do, but, like, some rules, maybe expectations that you have for your athletes, like when they come to the weight room?
2: Uh I mean, right now is totally different than it used to be, but. Well, yeah,
0: yes, sir. I don't. Yeah, I know. I know it's different right now, yes, sir. But.
2: Yeah, we don't let them like wear jewelry when they lift. You know, they don't wear gloves or anything. Mhm. Um, they're all wearing the same gear. You know, so they look like a team, and mm-hmm. um. You know, you can't yawn in the weight room. <laughs>
0: there we go. I like it.
2: Or you'd have ten push-ups. I like it. You have to have your water bottle, or it's negative points for your team, because uh, they're all on competition teams. Right. And, I'm trying to think what else. You know, basic stuff, like when you're running, your hands got to be behind the line. Your foot has to touch the line when you run a half-gasser. Um, we used to say you can't bend over, and you can't have your hands on your hips, but... I guess that's a lawsuit waiting to happen now. If you can't tell a kid that, but um, the players can tell him,
0: right? So, so right. Go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say, like, so, do you have? Because I've done this before. It like sounds like you're, I know your competition teams. Like, I guess you just do you have the, do y'all have the kid? Well, like the the athletes uh, like have kind of like a draft type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. That's what I figured. I've, I've done something like that. And I love that. Yeah, that's the best. I agree that that horizontal, I, I I always try to tell them like it's that horizontal accountability, you know, like So yep. within them, you know, I was like, cause I, anyways, like I always try to tell them the like, coach should not be the only one holding them accountable, but it's gotta be that horizontal accountability. And that's the best thing that I've ever, I've ever known that'll help that is when kids, you know, it's like, Hey, if you're not doing that, then your t- then your group's going to be punished whether you did that or not. And all of a sudden, now kids are like, "Well, I don't want to run for that." So I'm gonna. So now they're going to tell you know little Johnny, "Hey, you better get your butt in gear because I don't want to run for that or whatever." And it, man, that's yeah. been that's been awesome. I've I've really loved that. So,
2: yep, same thing. You miss your weight goal, negative points. You have anything uh, in your locker that shouldn't be there, negative points. Right. You miss a meal. You miss class. You're not respectful. All this yeah. stuff combines into that. total yes sir
1: yeah Mm -hmm. so do you guys have a like a nutritionist on on staff or yeah y'all do okay i knew a lot of college programs were kind of getting getting to where they were having them but i didn't know if if it was across the board yet for most for the most part or not
2: yep yep we got um two people that help our football team
1: that's awesome i mean that just to me that just makes the world a difference i mean i think Uh, it was, I don't remember when I learned about it, but I knew, uh, I don't know, probably six years ago, Oklahoma state was doing it. And that was the only place at the time that I knew of that was doing it. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world because, you know, I mean, you can lift, lift, lift and run, run, run and train, train, train. train, But if you ain't eating right, I mean, you just got rid of probably 60% of the results that you're even trying to get.
2: That's right. It's a constant battle of education.
0: Mm hmm. Yes, sir. So yeah, I like um I like that and uh, I might have to implement that no yawning. No yawning. <laughs> I haven't actually ever seen a kid yawn in the I don't way think so. I, I I don't know if I've but I don't know if I've really looked for it. That's the thing. I haven't either so so, so, yeah. started looking for that more. Yeah, So yeah. well I make our our kids they have to I mean it's kinda you know, it's one one of those deals if I hear a kid, you know, if they don't say yes or no, sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am, they do ten push ups on the spot. Uh, like you said, just that respect deal and I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. Good stuff. So when you guys when you guys
1: are lifting, do you do uh, I mean, do you just kind of like freelance and let them like, you know, they know where they're supposed to be, let them get after it? Or do you have, um, you know, like they lift on command and stuff like that?
2: So our lift is broken into like sections of assignments. So Mm -hmm. like the first we'll warm them up and we'll probably have three or four stations of a warm up that they go through. And then once the warm up's done, we all come together and we explain what they have on the first part of the lift. So if we have, you know, barbell power shrugs, it with med ball slams, super set it with band pull-aparts, you know, we do all three of those. They know how many sets they have. They know the progression they got to take. And then once that's done, they can either, while they're waiting for everyone else to finish, they're going to stretch or do ab work or they're just not going to stand around. Right. And, and then we'll bring it back up for the next phase. And we'll explain what they got again. And that's kind of how I've done it my whole career.
1: All right. That sounds good. I mean, that sounds good. I was just, you know, Coach Kelly. he does, uh, he does. I mean, everything on command. I mean, you're not lifting or touching a bar unless he basically, unless he says so. I mean, they have their little, their keywords and, you know, stuff like that. But, I mean, I normally just get in there. I tell them what needs to be done and then I I just kind of watch how they get after it. And and if I don't like the, the intensity level or, you know, if they're not, if they're not lifting with intent and, you know, I might correct it right then and there. And, you know, if it's something I see in the whole room, I might, you know, correct it in front of everybody and get after everybody. But.
2: Yep. I think they're like, it's constant coaching. You know, if you're, if you're not doing it on command, then you're doing it. You're walking around, you're seeing everything. You're, correcting everything. And you got to, you know, I have a staff luckily, so it's a lot of help, but um, yeah, nothing goes unseen, nothing goes unsafe and it just flows. And then you always have a competition and a finisher at the end. Yeah. And so it's, it's definitely uh, an incentive based program where they're training for something that day they're earning points or they're losing points, or they're trying to be the best in their position group. We might have a position group competition for, for the summer program, and at the end of the summer, they all get who was the best DB. They get a T-shirt. Who was the best lineman? They get a t- you know, across the board.
1: That's pretty neat.
2: Yeah, and it breaks it up, you know. In the winter, you have the teams, and in the summer, you can just, you know, it's very competitive by position.
0: Well, I like uh, – so and it's crazy what, what what kids will do for a T-shirt. I mean, you know, this year we did like, – we're doing, which I know COVID – COVID's kind of messing it up a little bit, but we're doing like a, you know, like at the end of the year, if there's a kid that came a hundred percent, I'm going to give him a shirt that literally just has 100% written on it. And if a kid came 90%, he gets a shirt that says 90%. Yeah. You know, because we can't, you know, how, you know, how rules are in high school. It's like, you know, you can highly encourage them to come during the summer, but it's, you can't make it a uh, mandatory. And so anyway, so we do a little shirt and it's crazy what kids will do for a shirt.
2: It's true. <laughs> so,
0: um,
1: so how often do you get guys come in that just, I mean, as far as technique goes, just terrible habits? And, and I mean, what do you do to address that whenever, you know, whenever that does happen? Because I'm sure it does happen even at the college level.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, every time we get a new freshman class, there's always a couple that are limited on some movement pattern. But um, so last year we had a kid that could, could not squat. Like, no way. It was It would be the most – uh, disservice to all of us if we made him squat. So <laughs> we we didn't. You know, we trap our deadlifted with a elevated platform for him to pick the bar up with. We dumbbell goblet squatted him. We split squatted him. We pitch sharked him. We leg pressed him. We anything that still develops the same thing mm-hmm. is fine. But we were also working on his ankle flexibility and his hip flexibility. So and you know, a year later now, he can squat, but it takes time and it takes effort on his part of doing extra. And, you know, we can obviously provide a lot of information for him and help him while we're here with him. But there's a lot of time he's not there with you. So I think I think his self-ownership kind of picked up this year, too. And that helped. Well,
1: that I, I was just wondering, I was you know, I mean, I've whenever I've got new sixth graders coming in, it's an obvious that's a different age group. But, I mean, I've got sixth, seventh, eighth graders coming in, and, and you know, I've got to basically teach them movements and stuff. And then, heck, I've, I've got – I had seniors this year, and, and I've still got a few that, that are struggling to truly find that technique. And it's just – I mean, it seems like a constant battle most of the time. I just didn't know what uh, – you know, how you addressed it really.
2: Yeah, you just – you got to be careful. you got to watch. You know, you can
1: give him –
2: if you don't screen him, you can just, all right, guys, we're squatting today. Let's see how we do. And if he doesn't do well, you take him out. Do nine other things that do the same thing. Right. You know, that's kind of what we've done, and it's seemed to work. Now, you do try to make the other stuff a little harder so he has a little more incentive on why he should get better so he can just do a basic squat. (laughs) Right. But, you know, that's – I've seen it work in the past. So,
0: got gotcha. you. All right. So, uh, always we always like to ask this question like towards the end of our episode. And, uh, I think it's a good question. But if you go back, if you could go back and talk to day one, you know, Coach Corella, what advice would you give him?
2: Um, don't take so much so personal
0: okay
2: you know like when I when I first um, became a head strength coach mm-hmm. I was it was still only six five years ago right so it just feels like a long time ago because it's yes. been four different jobs <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I I took notes as an assistant for five years mm-hmm. and I I really felt like towards that end of the fifth year I was I was very ready to go I was right. itching. I was Hungry, I was starving, you know, and I had a vision of how I wanted to do it and, and why and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So doing it and actually living it out. You know, I realized my dream was a certain vision and and I did it and it it worked. But you still had a handful of kids maybe that didn't really buy in to what you were doing. So what did I do? I took it personally. You know, I, I didn't sleep at night. I tried to figure out what I could do better to make them understand that this is going to work. Right. And, you know, it, it never got to that point. You know, they kept, they kept rebuttaling. They kept, you know, giving me a hard time and stuff like that. And I, I did not handle it appropriately in my opinion, Mm -hmm. you know, then I certainly would have handled it now. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think learning that, not everyone's going to love you. Not everyone's going to love everything you're saying. Mm -hmm. And that's okay because you worked your butt off to get to a certain point in your life. And you believe that this is going to work because you've done it yourself. And if that message still doesn't get through to a kid and you've tried everything you can,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. then that's fine. Like he's, he's got his own agenda, but it won't be because, you know, you changed,
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know, and you lowered your standard for him. Right. So I think that's what I've learned the most is just keep being yourself, keep being genuine, keep loving the players, keep showing them your heart, keep being real with them. And, and the ones that don't respond, keep trying. And if they don't like it still, I did what I could, man. You know, like that, that is what it is.
0: Yes, yeah, sir. And that's. I mean, and I shoot, I've done that too. And it's and it's it's hard not to do that because, like you said, I feel like, especially if you've like you said, you you put in you know, you put in a lot of time, you put in your heart into it, you put in a lot of effort, and it's like, man, why won't this kid freaking? I'm telling you, you know, and it's like, but and it's hard and it's hard not to sit there and be like, well, why? Why? But like you said, eventually, it just gets to the point. It's like, hey, he's either going to get on board or he's not. And like you said, as long as you keep trying. But eventually it comes to that point, yeah, where it's just, hey, either get on board or get out. I've given you, you know, many opportunities, and you're just not – like yeah. and like you said, at the end of the day, and that's okay because not everybody's going to buy in or like what you do. And like you said, that's all right. Just keep
2: – And I'll add to that too. Like I think right now in my career, I, I don't – like publicly going after a kid because he's not doing well – Mm. Mm-hmm. Is not a big fan of mine. Like I don't, I don't like doing that. Right. Yes, sir. Now, will I say something to him if he needs to stand up or like, you know, tough it out a little bit? Sure. But <laughs> it's not going to come off in a negative way, because I think you get yourself in a lot of trouble these day and age. Where if you're like attacking a kid publicly, and he feels that, mm-hmm. that that's not going to be that's not going to end well for you. Yeah. So always approach positively in public and you can go to him one-on-one and have a conversation with him and sometimes like there'll be kids that are so down in the workout and you know him pretty well but you see his body language and you're like yeah man something something's off today mm-hmm. and it'd be awful if you attacked him in public when you just you don't even know that he just lost his best friend mm-hmm. and that just happened so of course he's gonna like you know, bow up to anything you say to him. Right. So I think just coaches got to really know their players, and and that's why the interview is so important. And yeah. and then asking questions beyond the interview of how they're doing. You know. Yes, just, sir.
0: And I feel like because if not, you're gonna you're gonna lose that kid too, and then you're and then there's no way you're gonna and then there's no way. I don't think if if a player knows you, you know, publicly. You know, whatever talk bad about him, whatever. I I feel like at that point you're gonna lose total trust in that. You know that that kid's not gonna trust you anymore. and it's probably. Gonna, and I don't think he's probably gonna ever trust you ever again. Probably right. You know I mean? That's exactly right. And because it's like, because in his mind he's gonna be like, well, you talk bad about me, so I'm not. And then as well, forget it because it probably is gonna be done. I mean, yep. So yes, sir, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that too.
1: Well, and some kids nowadays think that. You know, even even if you are coaching them and you said it in the right manner, they think, oh, well, he hates me because he said I did something wrong. And, you know, and you're just sitting there, you're just sitting there thinking, how how did you get that? I hated you because of, you know, because of what I just said, like, I'm I'm telling you a way to fix something and make you. Yeah, exactly. Never said a negative thing to you, and you you think that I just dislike you all. Yeah,
2: like it's sometimes like if the group looks a little out of shape, and I you know like quarantine right, four months off, four Mm -hmm. months off. That's unheard of. But you know you're sending them workouts this whole time, and they're kind of responding like they're doing them. Well, then they get back, and you 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 write like (laughs) elementary level stuff for them to pass, and it looks like it's the end of the world sometimes to some of them, and and (laughs) so at that point you know, how do you respond as a strength coach? Well, you could come at them hard, but, you know, I took the approach of guys, like, you got to understand why I'm taking this personally into heart because I saw where we were before break and I I see some of you now and it's like, did you do anything I tried to give you or are you just lying? Uh, So, -hmm. like, it's more just like, you know, making them understand how much it means to you and then they realize like, dang, like
0: I, I probably, I probably yeah, could have done better. Yeah. Like they,
2: they even tell themselves that without you saying it.
0: Yeah. Yes, sir. And then, and like I said, if you built that relationship with relationship up with them, and then you kind of tell them like, come on guys. Like, and then they kind of know they let you down a little bit. It's going to affect them. Cause they're going to be like, all right, Hey, I'll let that go.
2: Right. Down. Like I, I always bring up like, Hey, there's stress that you don't know about yet. Like you, you talk about, being married and having three kids and uh there's there's nights where you don't understand yet about lack of sleep and and then you still gotta perform (laughs) so if i can wake up every day during quarantine at 5 a.m before my family even knows i'm awake and i get back into bed before they know i even did anything i mean and we're asking you to just follow the script whenever you want it's you know it's not it's your dream like, I have nothing to train for, but I'm doing it.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I know it's. I agree, it's crazy, but like I said, we just got to keep keep plugging on, and man, that's all. That's all good advice. I man, coach, keep posting those videos because I'm telling you, I I always just share them right away when I see them. I'm like, man, I'm sending them to my kids <laughs> right now.
2: <laughs> I appreciate so,
0: that. That means a lot. Yes, sir. Well, like I said, well, hey, we appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day to, to talk to us and uh, make us better and make these listeners better.
2: No, no, just thank you guys so much for reaching out and glad we got it to work out. And you guys are doing a great thing, yes, man. Sure. Keep keep changing people and, in a positive way, and just keep doing your thing, man. Don't change.
0: Appreciate that. Hey, you too, Coach. Thank hey, you. Appreciate too. it, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, best of luck. You too. Thanks. All right, we'll All see you. All right, this has been Coaching Interrupted, where we build winners on and off the field and court. We'll see you next time.